You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. If all you're getting to the Word of God is a loud mouth like me for 45 to 50 minutes, no wonder you're not living in victory. I needed the Word of God for me, not to come and raise my voice and speak to you, you know. I needed the Word for me, me. And tomorrow I need it. And Tuesday I need it. And Wednesday I need it because every day has enough evil. Give us this day our daily bread. Listen, if we're going to live in victory, we've got to saturate our lives with the Word of God. You've got to saturate your life with the Word. The Word of God is a daily source of nourishment, not just an occasional book you open or listen to someone teach on. Pastor Danny reminds you today to spend time in the Bible for yourself. Learn from Scripture on your own. You don't need someone to tell you what it says. The Holy Spirit will reveal the meaning of this great book if you ask Him to. The Bible is just like food, and it's even called daily bread. It feeds your heart and mind and gives you strength to get through every situation. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 with today's edition of The Living Word. That's where our home is. It's not here. It's not here. Don't love the world or anything in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. It doesn't last. It's a lie. It's a lie. (laughs) It doesn't last. It's a fleeting, fleeting, lying glory. And that's why Paul writes in Romans, I consider that our present sufferings aren't even worth comparing (laughs) with the glory that will be revealed in us. Colossians says, set your mind and your heart on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. That's where your life is. Jesus stood before Pilate. Pilate said, don't you realize I have the power to crucify you or set you free? He said, you'd have no power over me unless it were given to you from heaven. He says to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. My kingdom is not of this world. Third, in the example, how did he answer every temptation? He said, it is written. It is written. It is written. Boy, if he needed the word of God, to deal with Satan. I sure do. There are two words in the Bible for word. One is logos. Logos means the word, the entirety. Genesis to Revelation, this is the logos of God. But there's a second word. And the word for when Jesus responded to the tempter in every temptation, it's also that word in Ephesians where it talks about taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. It's not the word logos. It's an interesting word. It's the word rhema. 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 The difference in rhema is rhema comes from logos, but rhema is a personal word for me for the moment I need it. And I always like to say, the more sword you got in your sheet, the more weapon you got in your hand. Listen, if all you're getting to the word of God is a loud mouth like me for 45 to 50 minutes, no wonder you're not living in victory. I needed the Word of God for me, not to come and raise my voice and speak to you, you know. I needed the Word for me, me. And tomorrow I need it. And Tuesday I need it. And Wednesday I need it because every day has enough evil. 
Give us this day our daily bread. Listen, if we're going to live in victory, we've got to saturate our lives with the Word of God. You've got to saturate your life with the Word. Willingness to suffer. Heavenly mindset. The Word of God. And not just the Logos. But from the Logos, the Rhema. And then fourth, in his example, he showed us how to walk in sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. This is another mysterious thing that he was led by the Spirit. He walked in the Spirit. Matthew 4 that we read earlier, you know what happens just before Matthew 4? You know the event just before Matthew 4? Jesus in the Jordan being baptized, identifying with death, burial, and resurrection, and then the Holy Spirit comes and lights on him in the form of a dove. And then after the Spirit comes upon him, it says the Spirit led him in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Tempted by the devil, tested by God. Deuteronomy chapter uh, 8, God says, I I led the Israelites and I caused them to hunger and to thirst. Those are tough times. Those are times of testing. In order to know what was in their hearts so that they might learn that man does not live on bread alone but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wow. The whole of chapter 3 and 4 is about that. It goes back to the Israelites wandering in the wilderness and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God trying to get them to grab a hold to the Word of God, respond correctly, and listen to the Spirit. And three times, verse 7 of chapter 3, so as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice, don't harden your heart. Verse uh, 15, today if you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. Chapter 4, verse 7, today if you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. Then it goes on to say, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything's uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of whom to whom we must give an account. And what he's saying there after starting out in chapter 3 saying, fix your thoughts on Jesus and then the rest is don't be like those guys that wandered for 40 years in the desert and never listened to the Holy Spirit and never responded correctly to the Word of God, and so they never, ever matured. And I wrote down for me, and I pass on to you, what they were like. Here's what it is. Rather than trusting God, persevering through tough times, they grumbled, they complained, they were unsubmissive to authority that God placed over them. They never developed an appetite for the manna, the supernatural food God gave from heaven, and the manna... Is Christ. Instead, they repeatedly said, we got to go back to Egypt. We had it much better off there, and we ate the leeks and the onions and the food of Egypt. That's where they were before Christ delivered them. That's their fleshly cravings. And they never developed an appetite for heavenly food, and they kept going back to craving their lust when they were in bondage in Egypt. And their lives, you read the stories, listen to me, their lives, listen carefully, their lives reflected constant struggle and repeated failure. That's what their lives reflected. Constant struggle. Never really got the victory. And repeated failure. It's awful quiet in here. This is the most quiet service, so some of you really need to hear this. He gave us an example. And then he gave us the Holy Spirit. And if I walk in the Spirit, Galatians 5, I read it. I won't gratify the lust of my flesh. But if I walk in the Spirit, I don't do what I want. There's the self-denial again. There's the cross again. I'll just give you a third one, and I can't talk about it. I'm out of time. But in chapter 3, he says, 
Verse 12, see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I need to talk more about this, but I really don't have time. But here's just a simple question. Here's the third thing he's given us. He's given us his example. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And he's given us, listen, he's given us the body of Christ. He's given us one another. Sister, hey, sister. Sister here, you sisters that call Calvary Chapel your home church, this is, where you, this is where you call your home church, and you know the Lord. What other sisters in the body are you close to that they're striving to walk in the Spirit, and they, they can encourage you daily, and you can encourage them? Who do you have? Hey, brother. Hey, brothers in the Lord. Brothers in the Lord, call Calvary Chapel your church. You tell me what people in the church, what are the brothers in the church that... that encourage you to really walk in the Spirit. You see, one of the worst places a Christian could be is attending a church service on a regular basis and never having close relationships with other brothers and sisters because we need one another. The Christian life was never intended to be lived in isolation. And that's why when Jesus told Peter, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. What does that mean, practically speaking? You throw the wheat up, the wind blows, the chaff, and the true grain falls down together. What Jesus was saying is, Satan's trying to get you away on your own out here. And that's what happened that night when he denied the Lord. We need one another, folks. We need one another. I need other brothers in my life. We all do. Brothers and sisters who can encourage us. And then finally, I'll end where we started. He gave us an example. He gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the body of Christ. And he gave us a way to escape every time. There's no temptation taking you, but such as common a man, and God will with the temptation make a way of escape. What's your way of escape today? You're in that immoral relationship. What's your way of escape? Say no to yourself. You're living with them. You're not married. Come on. The boyfriend, the girlfriend. Guy last night came up to me after the service and said, I I really got to tell somebody I want to be free. I'm addicted to pornography. That's the first step, your freedom. You, you stay in hiding, you'll never be free. You keep it covered, you'll never be free. You've got to confess it. Put your life on the altar. Put your life on the altar. And begin to make some decisions. Get in fellowship. Begin to saturate your life with the Word. Come on, you know what you need to do. Now, now real faith is doing it because faith without works is dead. And that's what Hebrews 3 and 4 talks about. Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time, and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. 
If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word. The power.